0: First things first here, you know, we want to make sure that we're accurate. It's uh, the drive guys coming to you from the Golden yeah. Center. We were just talking about the importance of Keegan scoring a lot. and Doesn't it Does uh, it matter how much he scores or how many points the team scores? And you asked me about De'Aaron Fox, and I threw something out about him and scored 14 points yeah. in the game where they scored a lot of points. That actually didn't happen. Okay, so <laughs> De'Aaron Fox this year, yeah. uh, Kings fans, keen Kings fans probably on this. In two games this year, he scored 14, exactly 14. One of those, they lost by 36 to New Orleans. New Orleans and then yeah. the other one, they lost by 20 to the Clippers. <laughs> so, <laughs> I don't know what no. game I was thinking of, but <laughs> right. that hasn't actually happened. Yeah. Okay? As we get ready, as we get ready, he did have 18 opening night, and they did pretty well. Yeah, they did right well. Now. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. We get ready for the Kings and Charlotte tonight. We were just talking about potential trade scenarios, and... Um, We were talking about Keegan Murray. Would you ever trade Keegan Murray? And I think you and I are pretty much in agreement that we probably would not trade him for anybody. Jay says he has a couple of names. He's going to test our uh, resolve on a Keegan Murray. Jay, what do you got? Yeah,
1: I want to see how real you guys are locked into Keegan Murray. And and mind you, with the understanding that both of you guys are king guys, obviously drapes. You being a part of the organization, so I understand you have to hold steadfast. But I think what both of you guys are kind of saying is you're almost locked in, Keegan, and the fact of he is your young prize, and you you need him to develop. If not the end of this year, of course, by next year. And you guys brought up the the example of uh, Pagea from the great Jerry Reynolds. And I think with the Kings' timeline, you really need Keegan to kind of lock in now or at least by next year. But I say that to say this, what if he doesn't, meaning he doesn't take the necessary step to average 20 points or be the second score drapes. I think that's kind of what you're looking for is him to kind of, uh, you know, overshadow Domas on the scoring end of what's going on. And so it got me thinking about a few things because I think where the King's timeline is this fellas, and you correct me if I'm wrong and tell me where you feel before I throw these names out there. I think the Kings hints right now, Whitey, which you said you're looking for a playoff series win. That's all fine and dandy. Yep. After this year, let's just fast forward to next year. Let's just say the Kings go to the Western Conference Finals. I would imagine next year the pressure would be on to to almost make the finals. Would you guys agree? Mm. Or repeat? Get close?
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah. to at least uh, be threatening to win the conference. So yeah, yeah, pretty much, sure. Okay, sure, that's fair.
1: So if that if that's if that's the case, I will throw a couple young guys out here, and of course it takes two to tango, but. Yeah. One of the things you guys talked about with OG and OB trade is the young pieces plus the draft picks. So when I look around some of the teams, we don't know where they're going, but I look at the Pelicans. I don't know what's going on with Zion. I don't think they know what's going on with Zion. I think they're one step of either, you know, taking the next step. They're kind of like the Kings are one step away. If Zion doesn't work, they're going to crash it all down. So I thought Brandon Ingram out there. If Brandon Ingram is out there for you guys and it's Keegan Murray plus a, a, a pick or two, are you guys interested?
2: Brandon uh, Brandon Ingram, twenty six years old. Twenty
1: six. He fits the timeline for sure.
2: Twenty six.
1: Mm. And at this point, drapes. As I see you rub your rub your chin like you're thinking about <laughs> it, <laughs> and got a little uh, a sack of lunch there yeah, dropped yeah, off to yeah, shots out. Yeah, shots out.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: He. We know right now that he is more polished and offended product than Keegan. Could we agree to that? Like, we know he's, oh, yeah. right now, he's a right. step or two in front of Keegan. And this is just Jay talking. I don't think Keegan gets to where Brandon is. or I don't think he gets above where Brandon is. I think he gets to where Brandon is right now.
2: That's a tough one. That's a tough one because I love Brandon Ingram. Sure. I, I love Brandon. I- I'm going to defer to you,
0: Whitey. I don't want to touch this one. Uh, Keegan
1: Murray and two first round picks, and you get I, and you ooh, get a, a first round pick back.
0: Yeah, I would not do that, and I agree with everything you're saying about Brandon Ingram. And I just think at this point, the Kings' future lies to a large degree in Keegan. I don't think they think about dealing him in less until they get an, the idea, the notion, for whatever reason that. As Drape says, huh, he's not gonna be what we thought. I don't think they think that. I don't hopefully they'll never think right. that. True, agree. Agree. Uh, unless and until they get to that point, I don't think they'd consider it. Uh you know, Ingram and, and two picks. Okay, uh, give me Ingram
1: one pick. Ingram in- one Ingram's pick and, nice, and throw somebody else hey, in sure. there. Right.
0: I mean, sure. Yeah. Brandon Ingram's a good player. Jay, you you coming up with some <laughs> You, you're stumping us here, man. Okay, well, no, sit, sit still,
1: sit still. This is yeah, the second the one. one. It's no, going to no, be Jay. a little more controversial.
0: Yeah, let me just a little bit clean up uh, on my end that the, the last one, you know, with Ingram, with anybody, a big thing with the Kings is you bring anybody here, it's a big deal. Do they want to come here? Agree. You know? And I know we're talking about hypotheticals, but with the Kings, small market, that's always a big part of it because, you know, you bring in a big name, he's not really happy here. That ain't going to work.
1: Okay, I'll give you that. I mean, I yeah. think Ingram's locked up for two more years, if I'm not mistaken, but I'll, I'll triple check on that. This one a little more controversial because his team's just not winning. You guys talked about the Pistons. What if Cade Cunningham comes knocking on your
0: door?
1: <laughs> Keegan hey, Murray and a pick, Cade hey, Cunningham.
0: Bad. I already got my point card, though, as a thing, and I like Cade Cunningham. But Kate. is
1: Cade really a one, though? Could no, you not see him as like a DeJounte Murray kicking over to a two maybe. for the Kings?
2: Um, I do like Cade. Yeah, I do too. You, you, but here's the thing, Jay.
1: And you got control over Cade coming up because yeah, he you yeah. he got the Birds, rights, the rookie you're, rights. You're,
2: you're just throwing names out no, there. No, right I'm not. Now, I'm you're not throwing not. names you're out not. there. We're, we're looking at, you know,
0: Detroit. There's no way Detroit does that. Right. Will no Detroit way. do that?
1: Yeah. Why wouldn't they? Okay, let's say. Cade Cunningham, dude. Let But let's say they, they continue the drop into next year, and we have Keegan. And let's just say this. Keegan is at 16 points a game. End of la end of next year, Kings lose Western Conference Finals. We're pushing up on two years in Domas, two years into De'Aaron Foxes, and now there's expectations. And we're going into year four of what's going on in Keegan. Now, look, we're playing the long, long game. I get that. Right. But I'm just saying there's gonna point there's gonna come a point in time. We're not there right now. I'm I hope Keegan develops into what, what you know the Kings are looking for. But the way you guys are talking about it is if like they're just they're strapped to Keegan no matter what. I think if you get to the point where you know you're at the Western Conference Finals, and you you're trying to take that necessary step. So what? We're going to continue to allow Keegan to score 16, still kind of be whole hum, and now well, you you're three years in, almost a De'Aaron and Domas's contract.
2: But, but see, but that's that's you're, you're projected in the future, Jay, and. Like, I think we're taking the view of, we expect Keegan to be where Cade is, Ingram, those, you know, that's the trajectory that I think Sacramento, now, in three years, if he hasn't panned out or something like that. Well, that's a year and, and a half, Drapes, not three,
1: right it'll, be a, it'll only be a year and a half, it would be next year.
0: Well, he's got a 47-point game, right, on his resume already, I think. If you look at the way this is drawn up, and we don't know, you know, they, they don't actually literally have it drawn up. And I'm not saying they're right, Jay. I'm not saying never question the Kings. I'm just saying this is their plan. A lot of it hinges on Keegan. You look at this roster and how they plan to get from yeah. here to where they want to get to, a lot of that is based on Keegan continuing to improve. That's the plan. So for them, and maybe, again, I don't know if they're right or wrong, but for them to take, uh, to vary from that plan, something right. drastic would have to happen, or they're locked in to see in, uh if
2: that comes through. And Jay, and Jay, and somebody on the text line brought this up nine one six. They say Jay, this scenario of the Western Conference Finals appearance this year that would mean Keegan already developed and is scoring twenty every night going forward. So, like mm. to get to that point, mm. we already need Keegan to be that guy.
1: See, I, I disagree. I mean. And the fact of this, this is just me. I think if the, the Kings would have beat the Warriors last year, I think they would have ran through the Lakers. I Thought they would have been in the Western Conference Finals. I thought the matchup works very well for what they are, you know, what they were bringing to the table. If the Kings would have made it to the Western Conference Finals last year, I think the t- trajectory and the timeline would definitely be on, you know, on speed compared to what right now where Whitey is just saying, look, I just even want to just win a series. Just give me a series. Okay, that's fine and dandy. But I'm also saying then next year, where becomes the expectations on Keegan? If he does not take the necessary jump by trade deadline, and he's still averaging 13, 14, 15 points, he hits 41 night, then next night he's at six, he's only shooting nine. At what point in time are you going con- to say, look, something drastic has to happen and Keegan is that main point because other teams around the league are going to say, you know what, maybe. We got a little opportunity. We're Detroit. We could take a step back two more years and Cade's deer. Brandon's deer. Pel- like, And that's why I say with the Pelicans, we just don't know. I just think there are – look, I, and I, I believe both of you guys are at this point, especially you, Drapes. I think if there's an opportunity to get better at any point in time, minus Domas and De'Aaron, no one's off the table for me. Maybe Malik Monk. I might throw him in there because of the firepower. But if you're telling me Keegan is who he is right now and you're offering maybe something down the road to where we can, you know, swap a few things, I'm, I'm in the market. That's just me. I'm looking to get better.
0: Gotcha, Jay. Uh, thanks. Oh, we'll take a quick timeout. When we come back to the Golden One Center, uh, as promised, we'll talk about the 49ers, that whole rest really? versus. Yeah. <laughs> Darn it. You ready? All right. Yeah, you ready to go? About that. Yeah, yeah. We, can do that. we can do that. Kyle Shanahan, that whole rest versus rush thing. You know what? It's really not that complicated. We come right back with that from the Golden One on Sacktown Sports. Back at the Golden One Center. It's the drive, guys. And tonight, the Kings are taking on the Charlotte Hornets. Basically, a. It's an exhibition game, right? It's a glorified practice against the Charlotte yeah. Hornets. Shorthanded. they don't do anything. Late Atlanta. last, they're not—they're
2: not a top ten in anything, any category.
0: I have great respect for their point guard, who's played for many, many, many years. Do you know that he was very close to becoming an intern in the Denver Nuggets front office, and then the Charlotte Hornets said, "Hey Ish Smith, you want to play one more season?" He's like, "Okay." Well, he's starting now. He was—he's con- starting for them, huh? <laughs> yeah. He's been on like eleven teams or something. I think it's 13. Like thirteen now. Yeah, yeah,
2: it, it's ridiculous. But he's a bucket getter. Yeah, he's a guy. And I saw the. Um, I'm sorry, I got you in the middle. I'm of like mid, mid bitey. There's Drake Oat eating over, raisin over raisin. there, man. Dude, oatmeal raisin cookies. They they cannot wait, bro. You know, <laughs> I got oatmeal, you. Chocolate chip. I can wait. I can let it sit for oatmeal huh. raisin. I got to dive into those things. Yeah, you can kick so. the chocolate sure. chip
1: under the table.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, chocolate chip, man. It's with, awesome. with the broccoli juice,
0: right? And everything. Yeah. No, I can't do that, man. I can't do that.
2: <laughs> what are we talking about? Ish Ishmith. Smith.
0: Yeah, just how Charlotte probably is not going to put up much of a resistance tonight. We'll see. It's the NBA. You never know. But this is one the Kings obviously got
2: to get. This is, yeah, they they, they got to get this one. Charlotte's second night of a back-to-back. I mentioned before, they're not in the top ten in any category. They're 27th in points, 27th in rebounds, 19th in turnovers. You know, defensively, they're 30th, dead last defensive rating in the league. Ah.
0: And so yeah, they got to get this one.
3: Mhm. Mm-hmm.
0: I will be watching very closely PJ Washington. I don't know whether he's on the Kings radar. I suspect he may not be, but I know he's on the radar of a lot of Kings fans, right? Like, ooh, PJ
2: Washington. I think he had a big game against us a few years ago where he came in and had like 42 or something Mm -hmm. like that. He's talented. We're talking about a four, you know, that can shoot a little bit, a little toughness, a little rebounding. Mm -hmm. He'd be a good pickup
0: for Sacramento. Okay. Uh, And here's the thing. One more thing on Keegan, as we were just talking about Keegan and which trade him. To me, I think, the Kings have to look at it to this point and say, yeah, he's had some some nights where you'd like more from him, but I think he's on track. Don't you think, honestly, their assessment of him would be, yeah, right. you'd like to see him like 18-plus every night. He hasn't done that, but he's defending at a very high level. He's had a big offensive explosion. I think they probably feel like he's on track at this point. I think so. I, I think, you know,
2: obviously they they wanted his shooting to start off a little better, but they were asking him, do so much mm-hmm. defensively. He's at 36% uh, percent, uh, from three-point range. Um, you know, he's averaging 15 points. Remember, last year it was 12, 12. Yeah. seven I think it is. So he's made a little bit of leap. And, and I think, you know, when you look at Keegan, and I have to remind myself of this, he was the fourth overall pick, but his system... His organization, his fit is a lot different than Paolo Bancaro or other top three, top four. He's not being given the keys to the castle, uh, if you will. And so I think, you know, when you look at um, Keegan Murray and his fit, he's trending in the right direction. Now, if if we didn't have Fox or Sabonis, he'd be taking 20 shots a game. And, you know, would, would be looking like if he was of, on Charlotte, if yeah, he was I, on Charlotte, he'd be the man. Exactly. And get all those looks, I think, you know, but I would like to see him. And I believe the coaching staff and the organization and, and to Jay's point mentioned that last segment to be that second offensive option in terms of scoring mm-hmm. at worst, the third, you know, and, and I can look it up right here real quick. <laughs> Sacramento Kings stats. You know, where does Keegan rank in terms of shot attempts on this team? Like, it should be top three, right, per game? It, it might be it fourth be. behind
0: Malik, but it's got to be third or fourth.
2: He's uh, third, okay, right behind yeah. Domas. Domas yeah. at 12.9, Keegan Murray 12.8. I'm okay with that. Yeah. I like it in the 14-15 mm-hmm. range, but, mm-hmm. you know, last year I think he was fifth. He was behind Kevin Herter, yeah. even, Um And Malik Monk last
0: year. And so. So there's progress. Yeah, there's progress. Exactly. Uh, Exactly. We will talk more Kings when Brendan Nunes joins us at the bottom of the hour. But right now, Drapes has been dying to talk about the 49ers who have clinched the number one seed in the the NFC. (laughs) So now what do you do? Oh, you got a game this week. Well, you don't want to be too rusty because you've already earned a week off. Uh, But you don't want to risk injury. So here's Kyle Shanahan
4: yesterday talking about that old rest versus rust debate. Uh, I think it can be tough, but it's also it's it's not just playing. It's how much you practice and everything too. And you know you so you got to make sure that you prepare for games um, by practicing. And we got a game this week on Sunday, and that's what you got. You know when you give guys the game off, um, practice changes too, and that can end up hurting guys a lot. And you end up just developing bad habits and You know, I've seen it cost a lot of teams. So, and it's also, it does give guys, some guys, a chance to get healthy. Um, But when you do that and you sit people, then, you know, you want to sit, you know, some of the names you guys mentioned. But then, other people got to double up and do a lot more because you only get two guys off a practice squad. Also, Um, if you want to get more than a guy off, more than two off practice squad, we got to cut people on our roster, and then we don't get those guys um, just to get those guys up. So. Um, It always can end up hurting, you know, you rest players and that sometimes gets more players injured. Um, So that's all that stuff you got to balance out. And uh, that's why it's uh, not a, there's not a clear cut decision on anything. You got to look in each individual and each situation and play it out as the week goes. Chris McCaffrey is a clear cut decision He
0: has a calf strain. So he's not going to play this week against yeah. the Rams. Basically what you've done here, if you're the 49ers by gaining that extra week off now as a one seat is it's almost as if you've won a playoff game already because right. you get that bye. You get that bye.
2: Yeah. And what would you do though uh, about this uh, final
0: game? I would rest just everybody. I could, as he said, you know, there aren't, you don't have enough people on the roster where you can sit down all your starters. But to me, it's pretty simple. And then if, you know, oh, you get two weeks off and then the playoff game starts and you start a little slow. Oh, well, I would rather do that than risk somebody getting hurt in a meaningless. That's tough. That's tough, Whitey, because to me, it's easy off
2: three weeks of not playing and then first game back playoff game. Ramp it up. Mm Got to be. I I would. And and we've seen this in, in other maybe first quarter. Maybe treat it like that, you know. Okay, I mean, yeah, like I could, I could see that. With, with the,
0: uh, you but know, I would, I wouldn't do it. But I, I, see what you're saying. You
2: know, I, I don't know. Just to, three weeks is a long time. If it was two weeks off, okay, a week, three weeks, I don't know. But then also, you're damned if you do, you are damned if you don't. You know, and mm-hmm. let's say you give them the rest, and then they come well, out. this is and two weeks, right?
0: Because you have the buy this week. Then I mean, this week is the final game of the yeah. regular season. So if you give them. Give them the week off. That's one week. Then you have the bye. That's two weeks. And then you play the next
2: week. Yeah, three weeks in between okay. games, All right. I'm saying. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, three weeks in
0: between gotcha. games from when you last played right. a game. Right. And so,
2: you know, if you do play them and somebody gets hurt, oh, you shouldn't have played them. Right. If you don't and you come out flat, oh, see, they're flat. They should have been. You're damned if you do. I, I, I would be of the belief I would listen to the players. Yes, definitely. Yeah. Uh, you know, if, if, if Brock, CMC Birdie, or Brock, somebody said, I need to long,"
0: Yeah. Or on or yeah, either, way, long, either way. Either right. way.
2: Yeah. One or the other. Yeah. I, I I, would listen to the players probably in this instance.
0: Yeah. Uh, CMC, by the way, remember we talked this year about our teams targeting him. You know, I said they were. We disagreed on that. Whether they were or not, they definitely were uh, because he had the ball so much. They were giving him uh, a little extra curricular here and there. <laughs> uh-huh. Here's a total number total amount of fines, dollar value for fines on Christian McCaffrey this year. Oh, uh, you got face mask, face mask, illegal hit, face mask, unnecessary roughness, taunting face mask, face mask. For a total, and by the way, there was one yesterday, so you yeah, can probably add to this. To this point, ninety seven thousand four hundred and one dollars worth of fines on players mm-hmm. for illegal hits on Christian McCaffrey. So they're lucky it's just a calf strain that's keeping him out right now.
2: What are you saying, Whitey? What are we saying?
0: I'm about? saying that it's football, and I teams are trying to hurt him. It's pro football, and the 49ers hurt on ran no him mask. into the ground. Like last night,
2: uh, la- la- this past week, the face mask penalty was a nickel and dimer. Okay, it wasn't even that bad. You don't think you can get hurt on a face mask? I'm, I'm just saying. You're, you're, you're taking... Just because he got penalized, there's different severity levels of the face mask.
0: Right. right. If you just graze the guy's face mask, they're not going to fine you $10,927. We got uh, one $8,000 face mask, $10,000. Now, the illegal 10, 000, hit, 10, the 18000 okay. Yeah, the illegal hit,
2: I, I give you that. <laughs> Unnecessary roughness. $16,391. 16, hey, yeah. Chris McCaffrey, I'm not going to baby this dude. ooh, he could have got hurt this season. Do we have the full list? of fines handed out like other players. It's football. You just said it. It's football. I know. that's. Should we put this dude in bubble wrap and, no. and hope he uh- – You're misunderstanding oh, okay.
0: me. And by the way, that's kind of a week when taunting – Taunting. <laughs> so, got to- yeah. so you got
2: to remove taunting. Can you yeah. at least remove taunting from your total? <laughs> well,
0: you got fine for it. I think – actually, no, because I think the face match from yesterday is going to be Oh, that's going to be <laughs> – Look, what I'm saying is the 49ers knew this was happening. Players are smart. Hey, that's their – Kyle Draper says that's their MVP – If we can take him out of the game, we have a better chance of winning. That's the way it works. I'm just saying the 49ers are fortunate that that's all that Christian McCaffrey has through all that this year with what teams are trying to do to him. He has a calf strain. They're fortunate. That's all I'm saying. Okay. All right. All right. Well, I know how football works. You know, pro football. Obviously, they're trying to hurt him.
2: Yeah. Yeah. You're trying to knock him out the game. Get him out of here. You know, and and I don't think he's going to play this week, right? Right. You got to sit CMC this week. Uh, with the calf, that's something you don't want to mess with, obviously. Um, so he'll have a few weeks off. And so uh, kudos to them. You know, I didn't mm-hmm. think they looked good early this past week. Against, they uh, you right. You know, but as we've seen the Niners throughout this season, once they get going and once that, that train gets moving – it's hard to turn them off, hard to stop them, and we saw that uh, this past weekend. Uh,
0: we will take a timeout from the Purdy talk. I think we can get back to it if you want after Brendan comes on. So we'll see. Yeah, yeah, are. we can after. Yeah. A...
2: <laughs> no, I'm 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 all tapped out. I remember I said I'm not going
0: to talk about Brock Purdy the rest of the season. I'm done talking about Brock. Brock! Pretty. <laughs> <laughs> Brendan Nunes, our Sackdown Sports Kings insider, with a look at the trade market, how the Kings might fit into all that when we return to the Golden One Center. It's Kyle Draper, Waddy Gleason, the Drive Guys on. Sack- Kings and the Hornets tonight at the Golden One. Drive Guys with you, as we mentioned. P.J. Washington uh, will be performing for the Charlotte Hornets. PJ's one of the guys that Brendan mentioned in his trade piece last week, Drapes. Really? Yeah. He's the
2: guy uh, to keep an eye on?
0: guy to keep an eye on. Okay. I think he may have come up with, uh, you know, uh, one of those hypothetical deals. Nice enough to join us. Our Sackdown Kings uh, insider from SackdownSports.com. It is Brendan Nunes. Brendan, you're going to be keeping a close eye on P.J. Washington tonight? Potential future king?
3: I'm always good to keep tabs on, on different guys around the league. You know, just kind of theory crafting a little bit. Yeah, you had well. there's about three players you mentioned in that piece, right? There was, yes. It was uh, Dorian Finney Smith, Alex Caruso, and then I threw PJ Washington in there as well. Kind of just yeah. coming up with some different hypotheticals. You know, a lot of I, I kind of went with the base of if you believe that De'Aaron Fox is an MVP caliber player or MVP ballot caliber player, good enough to be the number one on a championship team. If you believe Demonis Bonus is fine to be your number two and that Keegan Murray has all star potential then maybe you just need to look at improving these surrounding pieces. Like three years ago, Denver starting Will Barton or Gary Harris and Paul Millsap. And those guys sound pretty similar to me to Kevin Herter and Harrison Barnes, you know? So maybe you need to look at some upgrades on those other spots. If that's how you feel about those core three.
2: What do you think uh, as we watch PJ Washington tonight, he's coming off the bench now only scored six points. I think like, is he falling out of favor? You think, and you know, I'm of the belief if I'm Sacramento, I'm looking for that guy who maybe on the fringe of a rotation or not the number one or number two, but with a bigger role, can can really do something. Does PJ fit into that category?
3: I think PJ is a guy, yeah, that you would sell yourself on. He could be better in this system, right? Right, that he's coming off the bench right now, and maybe it could be a slow transition. You work him up to being comfortable with this, and getting the most out of him while Harrison Barnes maybe slowly transitions out just due to age, or maybe you want to go Kevin Herter and you feel fine with Keegan Murray starting at that two spot. He's defending a bunch of guards out there. So PJ, definitely a down year. Um, As you mentioned, like since miles bridges came back, he's not really starting in too many games. We'll see what, what happens tonight, given that they have a handful of injuries, Charlotte, that is, but definitely a down year for him. It would be selling yourself on the idea that this current coaching staff, this culture is able to get the most out of a player that I I think has the potential still to be pretty solid on both sides of the ball as a play finisher and sort of connector. Brendan
0: Nunes with us here, our Kings insider. Brendan, what did you make of the OG trade? What did you make of uh, how much uh, the Knicks gave up to get him? And what does that mean for the, Kings potentially in the market going forward
3: yeah it's interesting you know I I don't think that if Toronto was looking for more players than picks that it's tough for Sacramento to get in that conversation when it comes to OG right like Emmanuel quickly is probably the most sought after guy in that and RJ Barrett uh, matching salary but definitely not just an afterthought he's got some remaining potential there as well but for the Kings like who's the young guys that you would send out You know, it's after Keegan Murray, which seems to be off the table and certainly not on the table for a guy like OG that would have to be a crazy star in my mind. If he's getting into some conversations, then who after are you really thinking about is, oh, this is a young guy up and coming, got some good value around the league. It's hard. You know, you could look at a Davion or something like that's not. That's not on the same level as an Emmanuel Quickly or, or even an R.J. Barrett. So I do think that second round pick is maybe getting overlooked a little bit. It is Detroit's second rounder. It's a 31st probably, you know, so that's not nothing. But I think that it's just another example of like a lot of what Sacramento has to offer in my mind outside of these matching salaries, Kevin Hurd or Harrison Barnes that do have some value within themselves, obviously, is first round picks. So it's how our team's going to value future firsts.
2: Brendan Nunez joining us, our Sacktown Sports 1140 Kings insider. Brendan, what did you make of uh, Mike Brown's decision, not only to, to take Kevin Herter out of the starting lineup, but that he turned to Chris Duarte in that starting role?
3: Yeah, I mean, I think we've seen a couple times, whether it be like KZ Paula starting last year, you know, him looking for maybe a defensive guy to slot into that. A lot of times you see teams with one guy that maybe isn't, the most ideal offensive fit, but all the others can carry the slack there and he can provide something defensively. And even beyond just that starting lineup, you look at Davion Mitchell getting more burn in these last couple games. Like it seems like coach was really looking for defense. Obviously that performance they had in Portland is not the way they want to go. Even that first half in Atlanta was really bad, but then they totally turned it on in that second half. And then the entire way in that last game that they played as well. So I think that, It's just a search for some defense. You know, Duarte may seem like an odd choice because he was on the outside looking in. But if you go with that, it leaves your bench primarily the same. You know, Kevin Herter slots into that a little bit, obviously. But I think that what he can provide out there defensively and then just fill the role while the other guys, again, carry the primary load offensively makes makes a lot of sense. And he played pretty well, I thought. Brendan, did this team miss Alex Lynn maybe more than we realized they did? I missed Alex Len. I'll tell you that. Um, I think that his backline defense and just the size that he has, he has good verticality. I know he got in some foul trouble a bit in that last game, but I think having that backline of defense is really important. It allows those guys like Chris Duarte, Davion Mitchell, and obviously Keegan De'Aaron and all these other guys fall into that to be more aggressive on the perimeter, knowing that you have that behind you. So I do think that Alex provides a lot for this team. Um, I'd be surprised if he wasn't still part of that rotation tonight. Obviously you do still have JaVale sitting there as an option, but having a little bit of flexibility in that backup spot, I think is pretty important. Like we saw a Len playing big minutes in the, in the postseason last year. You know, I think that mm-hmm. he is an important part of this team and it's definitely good to have him back and, and being full strength is a rare thing throughout the course of this season. So it's good to see.
2: Brendan, uh, you know, when I look at these last couple of games, specifically last six uh quarters I I feel like Mike Brown may have reached a point where he settled into a rotation do you feel that and if so what does that mean for our guy Sasha because he he's out of the rotation right now what do you think about that
3: yeah I think that could be the case I think he still probably will play with it a bit like Keon didn't do anything necessarily to lose his spot I don't think um he wasn't great in that Portland game I will say but you could make that case obviously for a large majority of the players out there defensively so I do think that he's potentially settling in it helps that Trey Lyles looks like he's getting his rhythm back after missing a large majority the beginning of the year and I do kind of think that Trey and Sasha are a bit repetitive in a way like they do have some differences but positionally the minutes where those guys are playing alongside each other with another big. That's a tough defensive lineup to make work. So if the focus right now is let's keep this defensive uh, pressure improvement that they've had recently rolling, it probably does make sense for Sasha to be on the outside looking in. But, you know, coach will always point back to Manu Ginobili not playing much when he first came over and that Mm -hmm. there's an adjustment for Sasha here as well. So I don't think it means the end for Sasha, but it could mean a, a little break here. Catching up with Brendan Nunes, our Kings insider. Brendan, um, how distraught
0: were you in the first half of that Atlanta game, and what did you make of the comeback? What What do you think happened at halftime?
3: Yeah, I mean, we know how, <laughs> how coach talks, you know, so I'm assuming that there was uh, some fiery <laughs> conversations that potentially happened at that halftime. Um, but also – there's a internal leadership that I think that he's been calling for. And I think that we've seen that a bit recently, like Malik Monk. He really complimented after that last win that they had in Memphis for, you know, whether that be coaching up Davion or talking to, to Duarte for being out of the rotation for a while and now getting a shot again, something he could relate to, or it seems like the is really stepping up that end of the floor throughout the course of this season. So to hold that team to 39 points, in, yeah. in a half is a phenomenal performance you know especially being able to bounce back after to your point what is it 71 in that first half I believe it yeah. was um, so a great bounce back and I think that that internal leadership whether that be by example or vocally is showing a little bit in these last couple games but we've seen little stretches I don't think we've seen it to this extent that second half in Atlanta and that game in Memphis obviously but we've seen these glimpses before. It's just about, can you keep it up from this point?
2: Brendan, when you look at De'Aaron Fox, you know, we had that Atlanta game where 16 of his 20 shots were three pointers. And naturally I, 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 you know, the the instincts kicked in where I wanted to say, dude, you got to start taking it to the basket. But then he hit 50% of those. He's shooting 40%. Is this the new De'Aaron Fox where, you know, he turns into Dame Lillard, Steph Curry, like is the three, his uh, most potent weapon that we're going to see going forward?
3: Man, I mean, it all goes together, obviously, but, like, this is the new De'Aaron, it feels like. You know, I don't know at what point I... At what point can I officially say he's an elite shooter? But so far this year, he's been an elite shooter. Yeah. And sometimes guys have outlier years, but like we saw progress last year in the mid range. And I think that's just taking a couple steps back. And he's pulling it from deep sometimes, mm. guys. Like he looks confident. He practices yeah. this every day with Luke Lauks and, and that range being included. I think it's legit. And a lot of it's off the bounce. He's confident. I asked him earlier in the year, like, what's sort of the shot balance for you with all these threes coming in? And he pretty much said, like, I just take a shot when I'm open, no matter where that is on the floor. And I, I think that that's the point that we're at. You know, threes are obviously worth more than twos. And if he feels good about it, I'm at the point where I feel good about it, too. So it was definitely jarring to see him only take four twos on a night that he took 20 field goal attempts. Right. But like you said, Kyle, he knocked half of them down. I can't really be mad about it. Before we let you go, Brendan, how would you guard him? If you were on defense right now against Aaron Fox, what is
0: what's Brendan's defensive strategy? Just foul the crap out of them. That's all I got, right? That's all I got. You know, use my six yeah. fouls. Yeah.
3: Yeah. And then Hope maybe like take out. an injury, call for a sub, you know. There you go. Try not there to you get go. myself embarrassed out here.
0: <laughs> all right, Brendan. We'll see you in a little bit. Thanks. Sounds good. Appreciate you guys. Yeah, right. for
3: for great Kings
0: coverage, of course. Uh sacdownsports.com and Brendan Nunez. All right, when we come back, Kyle, which way do you want to go? uh drapes option here we could talk about brock purdy or we can talk about the end of that dallas detroit game which way do you want to go
2: let's talk brock purdy
0: okay uh, yeah let's do it. all right let's do it nice how about that yeah. the kindness
2: yeah. of your
1: heart
0: hey, how right. about yeah. that <laughs> yeah i think we can all agree there's one thing people have been saying about brock that we can't say anymore. And I think we can all agree on that. Maybe I'm wrong. Okay. We'll find out when we come right back to the Golden 1 Center. The drive guys on Sacktown Sport. 49ers number one seed in the NFC. We'll get back to the Niners and the Brock Purdy conversation in just a moment. First, Whitey Gleason, Kyle Draper coming to you from the Golden 1 Center. Where the Kings take on, of course, the Charlotte Hornets tonight. A couple comments here on the YouTube chat. Cole G says the Kings definitely need to make the Hornets say uncle by halftime. <laughs> Crush them early. If the Kings do that. Uh, Then they grew from the Portland loss. And we also have Talented Tin saying firing squad got to show up. Kings are known for letting these games slip up, Kyle. They are. They are, especially these home games, you know, against bad
2: teams. You know, we thought we uh, cured that uh, this season. You know, they've been much better. uh, But that that plagued them last season. And to G's point, the thing about this Hornets team, and I do believe Terry Rozier is going to play, he's probable right now, guys get confidence. And that's what Ben the Kings' problem. It's like they come out first quarter. It's like they're playing a glorified scrimmage rec game. They're letting guys get off, get their shots going, shots start falling. Then it's hard to turn them off. And so, Cole, I agree, man. Like, get up 20 early in this game. Let's have a party early. Let's not uh, be on the edge of our seats in the fourth quarter against these Charlotte Hornets.
0: You know what I really liked about the Memphis game? And I don't know if this is something that you do against every team, so I'm not saying they need to do it more, but they do it judiciously, and it's very effective. Both Mike Brown mentioned it after the game, and Taylor Jenkins also acknowledged it. The Kings are really good at times at throwing traps at people out on the open floor. Yep. They had success with it against Memphis. Yep. I don't know if you remember earlier in the year against the, the Warriors, they had a comeback that I think came up just short, but they against had that, success. Yep, yeah. 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 Uh, trapping late, and when you get Domas out there, you know you get a guy that big and yep. that long, uh, and he's pretty good at it. So it's a nice. You know, thing that, like I say, you can't do it all the time. NBA teams are too good, but they've had a lot of success throwing that at teams, and it was something that really gave their defense an edge against the Grizzlies.
2: No, and that's some defensive versatility that you want to see, you know. It's not all about, you know, guarding your yard. Sometimes it's scheming, too. Yeah. All right, we're going to switch it up, catch these guys off guard. You know who does a great job at that? I think Miami and Eric Spolstra. Uh, they do a fantastic job of switching their defenses mm-hmm. and, and keep you guessing. And so I don't know if we need that tonight against this. Right. right. team, yeah, Obviously. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. That was a big factor, I thought, on Sunday.
0: Yeah, it is funny, isn't it? You, you, obviously, you watch a ton of NBA games. You'll be watching two teams and then all of a sudden one team. Kings have done this. They'll start playing zone and the other team looks like they've never seen a zone in their right. life, just for a few <laughs> possessions. You know, these guys play basketball their whole lives. They've been seeing zones since they were in the third grade, right? right? But you see NBA teams like, oh, oh what do we do? <laughs> <laughs> What's
2: the play for this, coach? Yeah, you yeah. Know? And so, no, you're, you're right about that. And. You know, if one you can team. steal a couple possessions that way. Right, yeah. right. Or if you're the Utah Jazz, you play zone all game and just get yeah. picked apart every <laughs> game, you know? Right. Although they've been on a tear as of late. But, yeah, no, just that versatility. That's where coaching comes in, you know? It isn't all just scripted game plan. This is what we're going to do. You adjust during the game sometimes.
4: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: So, yeah, Kings and the Hornets uh, tonight. By the way, Darren Fox got a lot of national love today. Yes. We'll be looking at that uh, coming up here. But right now it's time to talk about uh, the all-time single-season passing yardage uh, record holder for the San Francisco 49ers. Of all the quarterbacks they've ever had, no one has thrown for more yards in a single season than Brock Purdy.
2: How about that? Kudos. Good good yeah. for him. Well, you want me to give him more than that? <laughs> Ball. Right. Uh, I mean, you know, he's had a fantastic season, uh, MVP-level kind of season. I, I don't think it's going to happen. I don't but either. But I mean, I'll there, agree with you but, on that. Yeah. I, that's probably not going to happen. Let, let me ask you this. Because when I look at Brock Purdy, I think, and I'm going game by game. In today's NFL, give me a, an outstanding passing yard number in one game. In one game? 300? 300, is, it 300 is pretty, yeah, pretty solid. Yeah, okay. sure. All right. One, two, three, four, five games for Brock Purdy, 300 or more yards. That's good.
0: Is it? Yeah, when your team is running the ball effectively and you're winning by a large margin, you don't want to throw the ball. He's he's thrown for more yards this season than any forty nine quarterback, forty nine quarterback ever this in a single I'm season. Saying. So it, I don't know where you're going there. No, because uh, where I'm going is
2: he should in today's pass happy NFL, the game has changed so much. Uh huh. Yes, he should throw for you know more than Joe Montana did. More than Steve Young did. Because those guys had running back, you know, like, the NFL is different now, you know? And CMC, heck of a job. He's done a heck of a job. But you throw more
0: now. now so you're I'm saying at, every quarterback in the NFL this year should set their team's single-season yardage record. Is that what you're saying? I'm saying. No matter who you are, if you're any good, you should set your team's single-season yardage Not
2: at all. Not, I mean, that's not at all what I'm saying. Because when you look at historically San Francisco's quarterbacks over the last 20 years, let's say, since the offenses have opened up, and there's been more throwing, more uh, passing, the Niners haven't had a great quarterback play over the last mm. 20 years. Mm. And so, no, kudos. I'm not trying to knock Brock Purdy or anything. I'm just trying to... You just said in, he's only had five... I'll put it in context. <laughs> I mean, it's not like he's I mean, Warren Moon or something like him, that. Which is It's not like he's Warren Moon or... Throw for 400 yards a game, I mean, you know, you look at Brock Purdy's game-by-game uh, game numbers, like 230 against Washington. That's like pedestrian. Let's not get excited about that. If
0: they were losing, he would have thrown for more yards. That's 255, the thing. 255. Derek Carr throws for 300 yards in games because they, they don't need him to throw for more yards. Here's what I wanted to get to. All right. <laughs> I think we can agree on this. I'm not sure. But even, obviously, we disagree on how good Brock Purdy is. Yes. I think the label game manager, I don't think you can say that about him. And you can disagree about how good he is. You know, the whole talk of is he Brady, is he Montana? Of course he's not. I understand that. But Tom Brady, um, well, excuse me, not Tom Brady, but Brock Purdy. I get the two confused all the time. Pardon me. I'm sure. (laughs) Uh, Yesterday, he completed all five of his attempts that were 15 or more air yards for 112 yards and a touchdown. Every time he threw the ball more than 15 yards, 15 yards or more, he completed it. He had the play, the touchdown to Ayuk, where he rolled out of the pocket, oh, that was sprinted amazing. out the right, yeah, that was, pointed yeah, for Ayuk to yep. find the open spot, and hit him. So that was a great play. So I just, I understand, you know, apologies to Cam Newton. I, I was a big Cam fan when he was on my fantasy team. <laughs> Say what you will about Brock Purdy, but game manager, I just don't think it's true. I think it's factually not correct. Because game managers don't do – game managers are blink, dink, dunk. Oh, see, but – That's a game manager. But when you look at
2: – and I do believe Cam Newton, his definition of a game manager is different than ours, I think. When I hear game manager, yes, I, I'm I'm with you. I think, you know what, just don't mess it up. Yeah. You know, just don't mess and, – and I think Brock Purdy actually makes plays, you know. That, and, yes. 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 And so I think his definition and our definition are different. Now – where would I put Brock Purdy, in the, rank him in the league? Remember we had the rankings earlier. I think he was ranked 23rd by uh, somebody. Is he a top 10 quarterback if you were drafting right now? Like, out of all the starting quarterbacks in the league, where are we taking
0: Brock Purdy right now? I think he'd definitely be top 10. I don't think there's any question. And I haven't run it down, but if you're the top five, I don't know. Top 10, oh, yeah. I think he'd definitely be top 10. You don't think so? I don't. Uh, That's let's do it. Don't let's so. let's, let's yeah. have
2: a talk. Let's have a conversation.
0: Uh-huh. I, I think he'd
2: be top. I think there's a lot of bad quarterback play yes. in the NFL right now. Yes. And so, yes. All right. Mahomes, I would have ahead of him. I would have uh, Lamar Jackson ahead yes. of him. I would have me now this is me uh-huh this is me now, it's my list here comes that's already number three and there's yeah, yeah.
1: already some questions we are only at number three in and this ready to, to throw a flag. flag
0: i would have dak prescott ahead of him uh you could make i would not but i understand why you might i might even have Tua attack ahead of him yeah i would not
2: okay uh, yeah i would have josh allen ahead of him
0: okay all right
2: okay okay there we go uh-huh um I might, I might not. Then it's You're having a hard Lawrence, time, gonna... Trevor Lawrence. <laughs> no. Trevor Lawrence, Strict no. talent. You put Strict. Trevor Lawrence in no, this system. No, I'm not. No, okay. Yeah, All right. I'm just saying. Yeah, I definitely would take Jalen Hurts. He's having a down year. I understand it, but give me Jalen Hurts. You're not, you know, that's not have even. Him. That's not an argument.
0: You can have him. All right. I Thank think you. you're going to get him because no one else. Would. Where are we at, Jay? How many? You other? might, you might at be at able to trade yet? down and still get Jalen. Uh, you're at yet. seven. <laughs> and you're leaking oil. Joe Burrow.
2: What? A healthy Joe
0: Burrow? What? Well, I'm you're, just thinking about it. Oh, my gosh, Jay. It. Yeah, I probably would take Joe Burrow. You're killing me. Why are yeah. you killing me? No, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm just thinking. I'm not going to just need your. That's job. eight drapes? Yeah. Uh, Is Justin it really Herbert? eight? I mean, I didn't agree with all of Justin this. Justin Herbert. Justin Herbert's really good. I think Ooh. I would take Brock Purdy. Oh, my God. Yeah.
2: Oh, my gosh.
1: That's not I mean, who you got. You got to put that 10 out there, Drapes.
2: Hold on. Slow down, big fella. Let me uh, recalculate just, here. Yep. Dang, he might be. You're going to go fields? Line. You're going to go. Nah, I can't go fields. Uh, who's the Raiders? No, I can't do that. Yeah, the Raiders. Yeah. Kirk
1: Cousins? <laughs> golf. Uh, nah, Kirk Cousins, golf. All
2: right, so that that's about C.J. Stroud. It. Nah, and I like C.J.,
1: but uh-huh. that's where
2: Brock Purdy. What, I got him, nine?
1: You got him ten.
2: I got him ten. All right, he's You don't want top to throw two. Garner Minshew in there? <laughs> Matt
1: Stafford. Right.
2: Pick it. Uh, let me see right, who else. Uh, it, it, oh, you know, <laughs> Bailey you know who Zell? I <laughs> who you, you, you know who I forgot?
0: <laughs> Who's that?
2: Joe Flacco. No. no, I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> Jay, over okay. there, losing his back there. You got he, Watson? He Where my boy Gino Smith at? <laughs> Give me Gino. All right, so he's a top 10 quarterback. Yes. Okay. So pretty- you asked the question, and you right. Answered. There we go. Yeah. Right. We're in agreement for yes.
0: Yeah. All, right. all right. Yeah. But honestly, the game manager thing. Again, you can say, I don't think he's that good. I understand that. But I don't think you can say game manager. You, yeah. I-
2: you know what? You know who was a game manager? Trent Dilfer. Uh-huh. That, he was a game manager. Brock Purdy is better than that. I think yes, so. I, I agree he's with you. You know, because you, you know what Brock Purdy does, and we saw it uh, the other day. When things break down in the pocket, he can extend plays to an extent. He's no Lamar or anything like that. But you mentioned it, that touchdown throw to Iuk, yeah, where he ran out. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, he made a play. Bottled up. He yeah. made a play. And so he's not some big statue that's just standing there, like you said, like a robotic quarterback mm-hmm. just, you know, dumping it off. He makes plays, and so we agree on that. I he's think here's your,
1: here's your 10, and he's not there. It's Aaron Rodgers, right?
0: Oh, a healthy Aaron Rodgers. There you go. Aaron Rodgers, by the way, not going to the playoffs. Joe Flacco and Jordan Love <laughs> are going to the playoffs. How about that? How about that? How right? about that? All right. When we come back to the Golden One, I'll tell you how the Kings look different from their last game at the Golden One Center to drive guys on Sackdown Sports.